escape to the metaverse But act like you know, yeah You are now tuned into the Matthew and Rizzle show, yeah uh, Escape to the metaverse Hey everyone, before we begin this week's episode, we just have a quick message from this month's sponsor, Curio. Based on the fantasy novel by British author Neil Gaiman, American Gods unlike anything else on television, epic in scope, ambitiously cinematic in style, exhilarating and provocative, it has redefined fantasy drama. Coming off a sellout of the original American Gods NFT collection, Curio is dropping Motel America the second series of NFTs that celebrates our favorite and never-released American gods. Collect the Motel America NFT collection now from American gods by visiting oncurio.com. That's O-N-C-U-R-I-O.com. Thank you and enjoy this week's show. Okay, Big Bagels and Red Eath, welcome to the Matthew and Rizzle Show. Thanks so much for having us. Thank you for having us. (laughs) <laughs> Super excited to dive into your projects, Ethlings, talk about all the goodness that's happening around customizable NFTs, metaverse avatars, and all that. But before we get into it, I think it'd be really cool if both of you could kind of give us uh, a self-introduction, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing before Ethlings, and then we can dive into all the Ethlings things. Absolutely. Um, so uh, Bagels and I have known each other for almost 10 years or so um, and are both come from technology backgrounds. I'll let him give more on, on his in a sec, but um, I've been, I've been running software for, for nearly 15 years and uh, uh, have entered the crypto space in probably 2014, 2015, started hearing about uh, Ethereum and, uh, and Bitcoin, um, started investing in that time frame as well. And uh just kind of saw an opportunity to build software in the space, and frankly, that started with a lot of um, a lot of you know trading bots and little contracts to help people here and there with projects they were working on. Uh, and then I got deep into DeFi in in 2020 as a developer, um, and then as the NFT opportunity kind of grew or the NFT space grew in uh, in late 2020, early 2021, kind of was thinking how do we uh, build technology on NFTs? Not just the, the, the visual side, but the, but the underlying infrastructure. Uh, and that's, you know, when Bagels and I kind of said, all right, we've got to, we have the skills, we have the knowledge, we should do something in this space that's really novel. Uh, and that was kind of the inception moment for, for, for Ethan's. And then on my end, again, we're both technologists by background. I've also uh, been in the media space for a while at this point. And so, uh, being in the NFT world and and you know thinking about what are the innovative things we can do here that really take advantage of the digital art format 
got me extremely excited just just being at the intersection of sort of my two passions uh you know red and i both have always been creators at our core i think we get really excited mm-hmm. by the creative process putting new things out into the world experimenting right not exactly knowing what people will like but sort of um talking to a lot of people in, in this space and and other spaces and um and and helping get people excited and you know we've been lucky to uh to build a great community and and we look forward to continuing to do so yeah so i mean let's parachute into what you're doing with ethlings i guess from a high level perspective tell us what the project is what it endeavors to do and and sort of where you all are at today 100 um i think that the 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 core question that bagels and i asked uh, when we started this was what can you do with digital art that you can't do with physical art and um, we kind of said to, you know, there, there are a lot of mediums that, that exist digitally that don't really exist physically. But one thing we really recognized was the ability to mix and match artwork, to combine it, to have it play with each other in some way. You know, you would never take the Mona Lisa and Starry Nights and smush them together and rub them together and try and make the paint rub off to make a new piece because you'd ruin the original ones. Uh, although some would say you'd ruin the original ones, some would call it art. Um, you know, in the digital space, uh, there is that capacity to take things, mix and match them. And so with this idea of mixing and matching, we kind of looked around and said, what, what could we do with that technology? And the thing that really kept us coming back to you was this idea of customization of uh, one's kind of digital identity uh, on the blockchain, on the web, in the metaverse. And so Ethlings is really focused around being the first NFT where you can uh, change the essence of, of, of who you are in the NFT. It's a, it's a character, it's an avatar. You can put on and off different wearables, different, uh, different uh, accents and props to the piece and design uh, your Ethling. And the next day when you decide, you know what, I had a grunge look yesterday, but today I wanna be a gladiator. You can go out and find you know, wearables and props that, that meet that um that's uh, that feeling and change your ethlings represent that and so the ability to do that all on change chain in a fully ownership and, and and trustless way is was really our goal and i think we've delivered on that really well which is it, it operates completely in the blockchain everything you do is stored there um and uh really is kind of first of its kind to do so and what i'd add to that is we saw that there was a really special opportunity for collectors and artists to really collaborate with one another because when I go and I customize my Ethling and you know I put on a piece from fourth perspective or pop wonder or any of the other artists that we're working with it really is kind of this interaction between myself and them and determining how I want to uh, interact with their art and so I think that's another thing that's that's uh, pretty cool about Ethlings and um, I'd also add that it's a it's a project for the long term. We have new artists coming in. Uh, at this stage, we, we've been doing drops every couple of weeks, and um, you know we continue to work with new artists. So it, it really is kind of a platform with collectors on one side and, and artists on the other. So for people who are listening to this, who you know have been in the flux of being like bombarded by generative <laughs> avatars, like left and right, uh, both both like high end, low end, and like everything in between, with like different <laughs> use cases, um, you know, I you know, and I guess I'm thinking to myself like you know, right now in a lot of these virtual worlds, there's like default avatars that you can sort of do the same with, but you're like generally stuck in your virtual world with your like virtual things. 
uh, is where are people using ethlings the most right now like where are they projected to be using them the most like you know how do you see this like uh you know i know you guys are in it for the long haul and and clearly you guys have known each other for like a very long time like you know, 10 billion crypto years worth of like human years uh, so i i trust that you know you guys have each other's backs and are in it but what how do you see yourselves like differentiating from like everything that that's being flooded out into the market right now yeah, I think there are, there are two layers to this. Um, the, the first part of your question around, you know, what are we using them for and what are you expecting to use them for? I, I'm going to give the honest truth, which is that people aren't using them for much um, in the same way that people aren't using any NFT for much right now because there aren't a lot of places to take advantage of them. Twitter profile pictures, Discord profile pictures, et cetera, uh, gaining kind of a bit of uh, credibility in the space with these pieces for being an early adopter or owning something really rare or, or that looks great aesthetically. Um, but I think that as this space, this very nascent space grows, we should expect that ETHLINGS is going to be at the forefront of um, being early to integrate or first to integrate. Uh, I think this is where we differentiate is on our technology backgrounds. Uh, we are technologists developing uh, a platform, a project, something extensible for the long haul that when we do see opportunities like, you know, working with the sandbox or other metaverse universes that come forward, we see opportunities to gamify things. Um, bagels and I have the chops to deliver on those things. You know, we are we are people that have proven uh, able to build. And in a world of of copies and and lots of people saying what was successful, let's do that. Uh, no one's copied Ethlings yet uh, because it's hard because it's actually a very very difficult thing to build. Uh, you know, and so when I think about the future. I, I'm going to assume that none of us really know what crypto and NFTs are going to look like a year from now. But what I'm really excited about is that we're really optimizing for flexibility to fit those narratives via our technology versus locking ourselves into one model and saying this is the way that it exists today. Uh, and so I'm really proud of what we put together and kind of the future proofness that we've built into uh, our tech. Um, and uh, while I admit that I'm a little terrified to, uh, to, at the scope and scale of what we'll need to be built in the future and how many hours bagels and I will spend by the keyboards. I think we're both really, really excited to be um, doing new things always. Dude, can you say more about that, man? Just in terms of like how you guys are like positioning yourselves as, you know, almost keeping your doors open for like innovation where mm -hmm. like, uh, I don't know. Can you like, can you like vaguely sure. talk shit on like how other people are not doing that in like a <laughs> explain it like I'm five type of yeah, way that yeah, like absolutely. our audience can, can understand? Absolutely. So first of all, we're not here to, I just want to be super clear. We're not here to, to uh, put negative words around other projects. We're NFT maxis. We believe that there are seven, eight billion people in this world. There are probably a hundred thousand avatar NFTs out there. There's going to need to be more, you know, there's space for everyone here. Um, but I think in terms of, you know, long-term vision versus short-sightedness, if you're launching a contract on OpenSea, for instance, and just deploying some art there, it is very hard for you to write customizable code that interacts with those NFTs because they're kind of built into OpenSea's system. Um, if you wanted to build a game around your NFTs, let's call them your battle bots, and you wanted to battle each other, um, it becomes hard to do those integrations. And frankly, if you're launching on OpenSea, your team is probably not optimized to deliver on something like a battle bots where they're, you know, two, two NFTs are fighting uh, because you're not a technology team, you're an art team, which is totally needed in the space. We need great artists, we need creative teams. 
But on the flip side, what Bagels and I are really focused on is making sure that the contracts that we write, which are all custom, all ground up, uh, audited as well, because we really believe in robust technology, um, they give us the optionality to think, okay, if we want to do BattleBots, we've thought about how we could fit that into our code. If we want to build, you know, an integration with uh, with uh, Sandbox, we know how we can do that and work with, you know, Sandbox team. It's not as simple as, you know, not everything's going to be a no-code solution. There isn't always just going to be a button that says upload in every single site, especially in the early days. And I think that, like, very tangibly, the teams that delivered amazing NFT projects prior to OpenSea, CryptoPunks, CryptoKitties, uh, look how successful they were. And now you've got to ask yourself, what's the next big platform? And who's going to be able to do the things that platform delivers before that platform even exists, right? And that's the technology teams. They're always technology-backed first to market. And that's what we are. I hope that's helpful that. and, and a little more explanatory. No, that's great, dude. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like it, it clearly kind of differentiates where you all are going in this this avatar arms race we're like seeing explode in front of us. But and I think you, you touched on the word identity and how folks are are using avatars for their digital identities, plural. And I, I think I wasn't planning on going into like a philosophical rabbit hole, like what is digital identity, but with this explosion of avatar projects. Like there's definitely appears to be a need for folks who are working, operating, playing in this digital space, this metaverse that's burgeoning, right? For some representation of who they are. And you see all the Twitter profile pics changing every day, depending on like how the individual's feeling or whatever. But I'm curious on your all's side, like how are you thinking about digital identity just at a very high level? Yeah, I I mean crypto is the spectrum so wide. You've got people that are um, that are out and about. It is their life? It is you know their their uh, citizens' identity as a citizen of America or the EU or wherever is directly tied to who they are in crypto. Um, and you know simultaneously you've got people. I mean frankly, Bagels and myself who are uh, anonymous in the project they're working on and aren't tied to it. That means we have to create a different identity and operate a, behind a different identity uh, in the crypto world. So the question is, when you when people don't know who you are, how do you make a first impression? When people don't know who you are, how do they feel that human connection, right? Um, it can be done via video chats, uh, but again, that's not an option when you're, when you're anonymous. Uh, it can be done via profile pictures, which are what we're seeing a ton. It can be done via the future of virtual chat rooms, which is where you're going to have your avatar with facial expressions showing a bit of yourself and who you are. Because uh, I think the words you say are just one piece of who you are in the cryptoverse, uh, but the way you present yourself is another. And so when I look at Bored Apes or CryptoPunks, the way they're presenting themselves is really interesting. It's as an early adopter. It's as a, uh, a stylistically punk board a yacht club. There's kind of this rebellious feel to it almost that presents, I'm here early and I you know, kind of want to stick it to the, the old way of doing things about the new way of doing things. Uh, I think about the, you know, the person who wears uh, you know, a, uh, a board ape that has a piece of pizza hanging out of his mouth. It's, it's a funny thing. I've got some humor to me. And so for me, I think that digital identity uh, is going to be very core about the growth of this space when everyone wants to present themselves some way, similar to the Instagrams or, or social media platforms that we currently use. Uh, and finally, tying it back to Ethlings, I think that one thing that's really important is that your identity changes over time. 
Um, you know, I am I am not the same person that made his first AOL login, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, soccer boy 1929 or something, you know, whatever it was. I'm a very, very different person now. And so that need to be able to adjust right now exists in the world of buying a different NFT, right? Today, I feel like a, a badass wearing a beanie. And tomorrow, I feel like a guy eating pizza. I think for us, Ethlinks has been about bridging that gap and letting people have that mutable identity uh, on chain where you can say today, I feel like, you know, uh, going fishing and tomorrow I feel like being an astronaut. Um, and that's, I think, gonna be a really important part of this because we know from TikTok, from Instagram, from Facebook, people are always presenting a different face. They're changing that stuff constantly. And I think that blockchain is going to catch up. How does that actually work on like ground floor? Like, and is it implemented yet? Like, do you, oh, yeah. are each of the wearables or like, think, you know, mm -hmm. alternative profiles, like a separate NFT or, you know, how, how's that set up, uh, you know, in terms of like playability or whatever? Yeah, it's, it, it's been working since day one. We launched with this capability. It was kind of the, the beauty of it. Um, and uh, uh, basically, you have an ethling that is has a different species and subtype. You might have, you know, a wild apeling, which is kind of like a brown monkey at its core. You might have a golden cyberling, which is a gold robot. Um, there's, a, there's a couple different species and subtypes. And then in addition to that, they all have these wearables that they can put on uh, that are compatible with them. Uh, and each of those wearables is also an NFT. So you can go and buy a, uh, a, uh, a mushroom hat on our marketplace or on OpenSea, we offer both an internal marketplace and, and one on OpenSea. And just say, I wanna wear this right now, or I wanna add it to my closet to wear for later, right? I wanna invest in this piece of clothing because it's gonna be worth more later and put it in my closet, or I wanna showcase this right now. And you put it on your head and you hit submit to the blockchain, it opens up a, a quick transaction that actually tells the blockchain, I am now wearing this hat. And uh, your image on OpenSea will update. You'll be able to download that headshot or that full body image of your new outfit. Uh, that's all available in our custom web interface where it's like a, literally a character editor. You go in there and you can click on all the different options, all different clothes, preview them, wear them, all those different things. Um, we, we built that into, into our tech day one to make it customizable whenever you want to. And the last thing I'll add is we did it on Matic. Uh, it was a really, really hard choice to do an automatic because of all the issues that have come from people migrating over. But frankly, we sold out in four hours, uh, you know, over 7,000 of these NFTs when people weren't even that familiar with, with, uh, with Matic. And that really goes to my point about being a technology first company, because we really focused on the user experience of migrating people over to Matic. So it was self-explanatory, self-troubleshooting, it helped people get through. And I mean, it was a super smooth. I don't want to pat ourselves on the back, but it was a really smooth launch because technology was more important than getting out quickly, right? It wasn't some sort of cash grab or just put it up and hope it works. We tested it for weeks to know that it would work. Um, and so, yeah, uh, all this to say, we did it on Matic because people can change their clothes for like less than a cent. They can do it so cheaply whenever they want to, commit it to the blockchain, but it's, uh, it doesn't feel scary to be like, oh, I got to spend $30 to put on a shirt that doesn't, I don't, I don't want to. Now it becomes, yeah, I want to, so I'm going to do it. Yeah, it starts to, I mean, Matic and what that offers for cheap wearables or just um, cheap transac transactions mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. It opens the door for people that, again, like aren't like millionaires or don't have like hundreds of thousands of dollars or even thousands of dollars of disposable income. Uh, totally. It's a really, really important on-ramp, 100%. And 
bagels I'll, I'll tee you up here i mean you did some amazing work on the pricing model for different uh, wearables and to keep things simply with their wearables that cost anywhere between you know ten dollars and a thousand dollars we've had wearables sell for you know half an eighth or an eighth uh, we've also had wearables that are available as a much much more consumer friendly thing but the cost to change clothing once you own it is nearly free you can take a shirt on and off on and off on and off 20 times to have it cost you less than a couple cents because of polygon transactions with bagels. I'll let you speak more to the, the kind of marketplace aspect of this all. Right. The, uh, so, so, so the funny thing is when we were launching, or at least maybe a, a week or two before, before we were launching, that was still in a period when, uh, you know, gas was extremely high. And I guess, you know, yesterday or the past couple of days has been pretty crazy, but we had obviously a very, very low gas uh, period of time. And, you know, we talked to different people in the space and after our launch, people were saying, oh, I wish everything were on Polygon. Then two weeks later, when gas <laughs> is low, everyone's like, oh, everything's good. You know, uh, it's all good. We can do everything on mainnet now. And so it's this it's this funny thing of, of you know, for us trying to build something that we think will be long term, very sustainable and and hearing opinions from different people about what makes sense. But Ultimately, yeah, we did want things to be very, very smooth and and frictionless and basically costless to uh, to change your wearables. Um, I guess what I can also mention about our project that uh, you know we were we were kind of proud of the invention uh, of a new type of bonding curve is what I would say. Uh, we when we launch wearables, when we're working with new artists we actually launch them on a bonding curve that expires. And, and uh, when I say bonding curve, I don't mean a ramp, right? Everyone talks about FOMO ramps of, you know, the first NFT is, uh, you know, 0.01 ETH, the next one is 0.02, the next one's 0.03. Um, we're talking about a system in which when someone prints a wearable uh, on our marketplace, a large percentage of those funds actually go into a reserve and they're held in the contract. When the next person prints a wearable, again, a percentage of those funds go into the reserve and the price does slowly rise over time. Um, ultimately, you are able to sell back the wearable to that curve before a time expiration is hit. Um, and that is because those funds from previous buyers are held in the curb. And so the problems that we were solving for here were really that there was an issue that we saw with, with liquidity, um, with, with other wearables and, and with other NFTs. We wanted people to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to try on this mushroom hat for the next two days and see how I feel about it, see how people react to it when that's what I have in my Twitter profile. And if I like it, I'll probably keep it. If I don't like it, I'm going to sell it back to the bonding curve before time expires. And so everything that we did, whether it was low transaction costs or creating high liquidity through this new type of marketplace, was all about enabling customization in the most frictionless way uh, that, that we could enable. Um, the, the other problem, which, which I also mentioned that the bonding curves helped solve, was we wanted to give people liquidity. We also want our artists to be able to get paid. And so by having the bonding curve expire, what happens at the end is the funds are released to the artist. Uh, whereas bonding curves that go forever, 
there's no real way for those artists to get paid on creating their art. So, you know, we have optimized everything here to really be a platform that serves both the collectors and really the interesting artists. about the bonding curve. And I'm, I'm looking at some of the wearables now and, and you're certainly right, man. I, I really like the idea that, you know, you can, without breaking the bank, have like a nice repertoire of stuff to choose from and like shuffle it around a few times. If you aren't like happy with the way some things look with another uh, my dude, my personal opinion, man, on layer two is like ever since OpenSea integrated it, a lot of people don't care what's on what as long as you can use it, you know. Yeah. Um, cur- really curious to know, like, mm. you know, I, I feel like 2D avatars, like, this is dope, right? Like, I, I'm sure a lot of people with their existing avatar, like, you know, like myself, wish there were some sort of like customization options that wouldn't have to involve me like jumping ship from like my, you know, sort of base avatar completely, but I can, you know, mix it up a little bit without having to like source an artist or, you know, this and that. Um, You mentioned Sandbox uh, and you mentioned that all these transactions are like going on on chain. I know you got your like developer chops. I, I would assume from like a layman's perspective, the jump from like a, static like 2d image that you can shuffle everything around on that you're wearing to like a you know 3d or like dot vrm type of situation where you can do the same thing but like in a virtual world is like a significant leap or or not like you know where where is that on the roadmap and like how does that fit into all this it's a great question um i uh I've been exploring this heavily with bagels as we think about our, our architecture for, for supporting something like this. And I wanna, I wanna speak in, in non-developer terms to keep this, this you know, really straightforward, which is, you know, at the end of the day, there are two different layers of the technology. One is, what are you wearing? Who owns what? It's all the blockchain layer, right? The blockchain doesn't know specifically that you know, the, um, the beanie hat is red, green, blue, and, and yellow. It just knows that you own a beanie hat. It's got an ID that's tying it. The second layer is what makes it all visible and visual. That happens on the website. That happens on OpenSea, et cetera. And so the first layer can support really any type of visual representation of anything. It really depends what we do in the second layer to translate what's on the blockchain into these visuals. And so we've actually been working with a couple of 3D artists um, as well as Sandbox too, to talk about, okay, what kind of um, content and media formats, what kind of file formats do we need basically to uh, host these like 3D wearables, if you will? And then second, how do we make sure that they're compatible with things like the Sandbox and crypto voxels, et cetera? And I feel really confident that that we have solutions, Um, that it's actually, I'm not saying it's easy, uh, but I do think that it's it's a solved problem. We're not trying to get a man to the moon here. This is much more of a, we know how to do it. It's just going to take us time to do it right, rather than like a, we're inventing a new type of technology to make this even possible. Mm-hmm. I think the blockchain layer is what the invention was. This layer is just kind of making everything talk to each other, right? We're trying to get uh, an old fax machine to talk to a new fax machine. I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, um, it's very doable. And I think that we've already put some concepts together. We've been teasing out little images, 3D images of some of the, uh, the ethlings to the community. Um, and we're getting great response on there because, you know, this one thing Bagel's not really focused on, it's delivering on promises, building great things. And so when we say we're going to go tackle slang, we don't say unless we know how we're going to do it. 
Uh, and so I think we've got a great plan to get there. And um, uh, I'm really excited. Every single time I open up one of my Eflings inside of a sandbox, uh, you know, test environment, it's so fun to run around and see how it all comes together. It's, it's really, really cool. So is the yeah, plan, it, like, for it, example, it, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. Yeah. So just to clarify too, like what the, the ultimate plan is for the sandbox is like, for example, I have an Ethling, Ethling number 1382. Would the idea be that you log into sandbox when it's like live and open and then whatever state your Ethling is in, uh, you'll see that 3D representation in that like voxly sandboxy avatar style? That's the intention, exactly. Um, that, that's the intention. So, you know, we're, we're working with sandbox because this is new for them. You know, when they designed when we, we every time we talk to the team it's like ethlings is a special case that we are working and they're interested in working on because we're not going to be the last that offers this right we're not gonna be the last platform that offers customizable nfts um they they're really happy that we have technical backgrounds that can do a lot of the legwork to make this possible and not just ask them hey build this for us um but yeah the, the goal here uh collaboratively we think it's possible is you change your ethling you know on our site on the customizer etc and when you open up your your ethling in the world you get to see the real representation yeah and part of what that also entails is every piece of art that exists on your ethling also needs to exist in the metaverse kind of as a new 3d version um, and so there's definitely a, a substantial process of uh, making really great 3D art out of out of what we currently have and, um, you know, working with the artists who who we work with in the 2D world to make sure that they're really happy with what they're seeing in the 3D world. So, um, yeah, and, and to your point, Red, about the sandbox kind of saying that, that this is a special case. I think one thing that we've definitely seen over and over again, as we've uh, either worked with different partners or just been in discussions is uh, we do have a tendency to break things with, with uh, just, just being a, a new project with an entirely new paradigm that we've brought into the NFT world. And it's been, it's been really nice to see how responsive people are to kind of acknowledging that this is something that users want and this is something that we'll see more of in the future. And so we feel really good about helping to um, build out what, you know, what, what future phases of NFTs look like. And sort of like going into what that future could look like, uh, one thing that I just, I, I haven't been able to get rid of this idea since I came across this your project, Eflings, and the idea of customizable NFTs is thinking about like all the existing avatar projects out there, especially at the high end, right? The punks, now the, the Bitboard 8 Yacht Club, right? Every works that are fetching higher and higher premiums on the open market, right? And part of it is like, yeah, this is my identity. Part of it is like a huge flex to be able to show that you have a profile avatar picture that you scooped for like tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. But with a project like yours, it almost feels like in the not too distant future, if you make, if you do the legwork, like you could integrate some of these high-end premium avatar projects on top of Ethlings. Is that something that like could be possible? And you have like a, a Frankenstein um, Ethling with like a, a board ape head and maybe like an <laughs> accessory that you have based on like the ownership of the board ape or the crypto punk that you actually own and, and associated with your wallet is that something that could potentially be possible with customizable nfts 
Yeah, it, it definitely can be. I mean, we see partnering with artists as well as partnering with other NFT projects as great avenues to um, really make people happy and, and be able to, to have different art from different artists exists all on one canvas and, and also frankly to, to grow our project and, and to grow other projects and ultimately to grow the community. Um, so we have been in conversations with, with other projects that, that you know of, other artists that you also know of, and uh, it's definitely something that, that we're going to do. I think there are also art considerations around that of, you know, how do we make things look really great, right? The concept of a punk head on your ethling is kind of funny. And it's also sort of like all those filters that you see when, um, you know, people are anons and, and are recording YouTube videos or, or on Zoom or whatever they're doing. Um, but I think there's also an aspect to this where we want to make sure that we're, we're true to the art and true to the fact that there will only ever be 7,777 Ethlings. And yes, that is a mouthful. Um, but, <laughs> but we definitely see an opportunity to, to work with other projects and figure out how to make really great art that, that works with Ethlings. I'll, I'll just ask for, for a clarifier here. Do you mean the ability to kind of view your, your avatar in a 3D, uh, in a 3D way, you know, a la Vox, uh, Voxodeus or, or something like that? Or do you mean like actually heading into a 3D world, chatting, talking, you know, walking around and doing things? You know, I'm just curious, like, Yes, we definitely see it across like Twitter, Discord, you know, I feel like everyone's just like mm -hmm. waiting until we can do like all the same type of things like, you know, cross virtual worlds and everything. But, you know, tech isn't there yet. Virtual worlds are still coming together. You know, we're, we're all still like moving in that direction. Just like you guys have obviously spent a lot sure. of time thinking about like, you know, identity and, and use cases. Like how how far do you think we are from uh you know no, no. more like three-dimensional virtual identities being like dominant it's, in the crypto metaverse type of space it's so funny you know i'd suggest that we actually had this ability 20 years ago with world of warcraft and runescape um you know looking back what were those games well they were the ability to sure level up and, and do certain things quests etc but you could meet in the 3D world, change your clothing, represent yourself as a male or a female or a goblin or as a, I don't know what else. I mean, I think that like the technology exists. It really is a matter of tying it all together into a version of this that everyone really is, wants and is looking for. And, and um, I think that, you know, there are two, there are two layers. There's obviously the metaverse layer, which is the, you know, the sandboxes, the crypto voxels, the, the somniums of, of the world. And there's the identity portion, which is the board API clubs, the ethlings, the punks, etc. Um, we're trying to, I think the metaverse stuff has to come first. We have to get that working live, very simple versions of it before we can start thinking about how these things integrate in terms of timeline. I mean, my hope is that, uh, and our intention in, in, in working with the sandbox is that we're, we're several months out from, from being there, which I know in crypto time is a lifetime, but frankly, in the scheme of technology and growth is not much. Um, and then from there, it's just about making sure that the software talks well to each other, that when you change your ETH and it goes into sandbox and, and, and vice versa, 
And um, that I don't think is going to be an extensive amount of time as long as projects really deliver on what they say they're going to, which is we want to exist in the metaverse and we're going to invest in it. Hopefully these projects are still around and have the, uh, the um, uh, incentives to do so after taking home you know, their, drop, uh, their drop funds and, uh, and try to figure out a longer term business model. Yeah, I mean, I feel like everyone everyone wants this concept of what you're talking about, right? I want to take my Ethleen into a virtual world, be able to like, you know, flip flop my clothes whenever I want to, you know, pop in somewhere else, maybe change <laughs> hats, like, uh, and and that's like the vision where you know right. you can you can sort of be yourself, but like still switch it up here and there, and and you know you can do that two dimensionally now, right. and that's dope. But like you know how and, and you know and I'm not taking anything away from it, but I feel like we all see where this is heading, and and curious to know you know what your thoughts are on how close or far away we are from stuff like that. Cool. And then well, you're choice of partnering or working with the sandbox, I think is really interesting and smart. Um, for me, even though it's, it's a project that it's like, when the fuck is everyone going to be able to get in there and, and really realize the promise of it, it still is the most exciting project out there. Um, and I'm saying this as someone along with Rizzle, who week in, week out, almost on the daily, like we're in crypto voxels the most for sure, but also hopping into Decentraland and seeing how their progress is going and things like that. So I'm just curious from, from your all's perspective, like what's the hottest hot take you can muster about the current state of the quote unquote uh, metaverses out there? Um, yeah, I'm just curious. I think that um, I am, I'll, I'll, I'll compliment sandwich this. I think that the, I'll work with CryptoVoxels for a second here. Um, I think it's amazing they've managed to kind of port the NFT uh, world into, into this 3D universe and it works, you know, relatively smoothly once you're in there. I think the customizability of kind of shaping your own space, I wish it was on-chain, it's off-chain that, that you kind of customize your space, just the ownership's on-chain. I'm, I'm just looking for uses. Because at some point, standing there and chatting and typing, you know, by pressing enter and saying, hello, what's up, is not really what I'm looking to get out of my metaverse experience. I'm looking, if I'm, if I'm really thinking metaverse, I want it ready player one level. I want to do commerce in there. I want to meet new people. I want to speak. I want to feel as though I get to extend myself through my computer screen to these, uh, to these virtual places and meet people where, where they are. And I don't feel like that's happening yet in crypto voxels. Maybe it's the, the avatars just being a little too hard to customize and feel good. There's a lot of like nakedness in crypto voxels and the spaces are, are, are pretty, um, pretty barren, I would say, obviously the size of voxel and kind of limited, limited assets. Um, but frankly, it's better that it's launched and usable and people are actually taking part in it. We have, we have a place near Origin, uh, Origin City. Uh, that we have a, a gallery. So we, we do use CryptoVox, so we appreciate having a space. Um, I think that Sandbox is taking approach of having things to actually do inside of that uh, yeah. metaverse, which I think is going to be a really, really important thing that others will have to invest in, which is not just standing there and looking at stuff, but rather taking action, doing things with peers, with friends, um, gamifying it a little bit, but not too much, because at some point you do want, you know, my mom to have a reason to go in there and do things. Um, and uh, frankly, she's not going to go in there to go on a quest to slay a dragon. She's going to go on there to meet with friends, maybe to make a virtual home, etc. If I know my mom, um, yeah, I think that we just need there to be uses inside the metaverse, not just being inside the metaverse. So at some point, yeah, you can stand there looking like a bored ape, but then what? Yeah, I, 
I think I would agree with that. I think ultimately it's, it's sort of about two things. It's about, you know, what, what can I do for myself inside of this virtual world? And then also how do I interact with other people and, and have a community? And one of the things that I think we've seen both in, in our community um, as, as well as others, and, and I guess I'll call out uh, Board Ape Yacht Club for a minute, like everyone else does. I've seen people saying, you know, hey, as a result of of the Board Ape Yacht Club Discord, I now have three new friends who I'm meeting up with every couple of weeks to grab drinks, right? And these are people who probably have similar interests, maybe uh, you know, have similar levels of intellect, all of those things. And it brings up this question of, you know, what's the value of of uh, you know having having a new friend who is interested in the same types of things as you, um, and 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 that you get along with well, and, and all of those things. And so I think like ultimately for me, there are different definitions of what the metaverse is, but I think it's kind of this. Um, you know, you do need to have integration between all of the virtual worlds and other applications in which we exist. Uh, maybe typically anonymous anonymously online, whether that's Twitter, Discord, uh, or any of these particular metaverses. And so, um, you know, I think, I think Red is right. I mean, we, we want to see more opportunities to build community in these metaverses as well. What a dope answer, man. <laughs> Honestly. Um, you know, we've, we've actually swung and missed two times in a row. It's never even happened once before on our like final question here that I, I feel like there's no way we can swing and miss with, with you guys. But uh, always love to ask our guests, like what type of NFTs or like crypto, if we were to like peek into your wallets and to see what you guys have been collecting in or are interested in on the side that doesn't even necessarily have anything to do with your current projects. Uh, what, what kind of things are you guys scooping up? Um, that's a great question. Uh, I will openly admit that I am the recent proud owner of a pickle. Um, uh, a fucking pickle, actually. You know, like I said, we're NFT maxis. Uh, we have a great time with different projects. Uh, I personally, I have a couple of, uh, of avatars. I was a part of MeBits for better, or for worse, uh, as a buyer. Um, I was actually in board apes and out of board apes probably too early, which is a shame. Um, but, uh, Bagels and I have actually uh, been uh, making a small commitment to be supportive of artists that we work with outside of the, um, sorry, artists we work with in the Ethan's universe, but not just through the Ethan's universe. So one thing that we're currently um, uh, starting to do is uh, buy pieces from artists that are uh, contributing wearables as a way to support their careers outside of just the, um, the wearable options. And of course the wearables do net them uh, a good chunk of money. In fact, uh, some of our artists we work with are making more money on wearables than they're making on their, you know, one of ones they design themselves. But the one of ones they've put together, we only bring on artists we think are absolutely incredible and their work is awesome. Uh, whether or not there's a future in it, I think that sometimes art just needs to be art for the sake of enjoying what you kind of own, being able to, you know, appreciate uh, the piece itself. And so I think that we've seen the, the rise and fall of these like one of one, you know, uh, uh, indie artists just putting stuff up on OpenSea, but there's still some really great stuff out there. And I think that Bagels now want to put together a collection of things that is representative of uh, the world behind our wearables, if you will. Yeah. And, and I think on my end, I mean, really for both of us, I think we're always interested in how new technology is, is coming into the space. So whether it's, um, you know, investing in in Polygon, right, and, and Chromatic, rather, and, uh, you know, 
recognizing that L2 is is probably going to be really important in this world, I, th I think is is one thing that's been of interest. And then also, you know, within NFTs, I think it was yesterday, right, that Hello Anon uh, came out and they just had kind of fantastic presentation of their project as well as this gamified element that no one had ever seen before or um, you know, art blocks certainly has, and that's been around for a while, but certainly has built a very innovative platform that allows artists to um, innovate in, in their own ways. So I think those are the types of projects within NFTs that, that I get really excited about. And, um, you know, I look, I, I, I do admit that all the, you know, animal avatars are, are cute and all, but I, I definitely uh, do appreciate seeing new technology built into new projects. I'll also, I'll also say that Bagels and I tend to be a little too busy to even catch these drops. By the time there's a time to buy yep. one, it's long gone from us. We've heard about it from our you know mods <laughs> in our chat two days later, and we're like, oh, we just woke up from a 48-hour coding spree or something. What happened? There's like eight new projects that have all launched and sold out or something. Um, so yeah, we uh, we definitely now get a little less time, not a little, a lot less time to uh to invest in things but earlier i mean i think we've we've definitely bought and played all over the spectrum uh my biggest regret frankly was not buying a crypto punk and i certainly was aware of them before the massive bird the massive you know uh, uh uh leap which is just a huge shame from a financial perspective and also just like a rep perspective all good i feel like there's just so many projects like you're saying popping up all the time and <laughs> amazing projects that we haven't even thought about that will have opportunity to scoop up. So don't feel too ashamed, but yeah, definitely it is slightly shameful. But uh, anyway, before we wrap up, I just wanna make sure that everyone is able to follow uh, yourselves uh, and your projects uh, where they need to kind of be able to track all the updates and all that good stuff. So share the social handles, websites, and, and any maybe important dates that folks should mark on their calendar uh, to keep track of for Ethlings and yourselves. Yeah, so the, you know, everything's pretty straightforward. I think it's ethlings.com. It's at ethlings. Uh, we can hopefully include the Discord link in the, uh, in the podcast notes. As far as dates, uh, we, I, I'm assuming this episode won't be released immediately. We actually have a, a new wearables drop coming out in a couple hours. But, but other than that, I mean, if you join the Discord, you'll be up to date on, on all the latest dates, whether it's wearables drops, whether it's, us releasing the the functionality of um, you know having Ethling skins, which I don't think we talked too much about today, but we're pretty excited about that. Uh, whether it's it's new updates about our sandbox integration and other metaverses, so definitely hop into the Discord. Feel free to say hi to at Big Bagels and at Red ETH, and um, you know we'd love to see you there. Oh yeah, real quick on the skins part because we actually are planning to release this podcast not immediately, but within the next six ish hours. Yeah, oh, wow. let folks know about the the skin upgrades that you guys are cooking up. Yeah, so skins thankfully are not going to be released in the next six hours. Just the the wearable uh, a new wearable drop later today. But um, one one thing that we we've learned from the community is that um, the art that we put out in in the initial launch. Uh, was polarizing not just the the wearables but also the the the, the default art of what's kind of behind your ethling their head their their shape etc and so this is where again we're uh so happy to be a technology company which is we kind of went out and said okay how do we not how do we give people more choice right and uh and so skins are something we're delivering probably in early july 
that are uh, allow you to basically take a special type of wearable, put them on your ethling, and it will change the body of your ethling to a different art style. Um, so instead of being kind of our flat art cartoony style, you might have a more realistic one. You might have a comic book one. You might have a sketch one. And you can basically pick and choose what skin you want to wear to totally change the feel to match a style that you really appreciate and then still be able to put wearables on top of it, of course. Uh, and so this is a massive, massive upgrade that I think our community is so excited for because people just want to really take this customization to the ultimate, ultimate limit. And I think that uh, us prescribing the style is not in line with what we can do, which is we can give people that choice. Um, so we're really excited. It's a couple of weeks out. We've got some concepts, more than concepts. We've got, we've got probably uh, a good chunk of what we'll be going out with in the initial skins put together. Now it's just a matter of uh, finalizing the tech, finalizing the designs, and then putting a launch plan together to make it really exciting for everyone um, uh, who's involved. Yep. And, and what's, what's kind of cool about it is when, when we work with artists to create a wearable or create a skin, we really want it to be in their style. And so when we talk to them, um, it, the question is really what does an insert artist name here version of the Arctic apeling look like? What does that artist version of an earthling look like? And so on, right? And so it's um, it's an opportunity for them to, to kind of be self-expressive in, in determining what those characters really mean and, and what they are. And then on the other side, there's an opportunity for the collector to say, you know what, I'd like to have this skin from this particular artist, either because I'm going to use it to upgrade my current base ethling, or because, you know, I think this is one of a kind and I want to be one of 50 or 100 people to own it. And every, you know, Sunday when I feel like it, I'm going to put this skin on instead. So it's, uh, it's another opportunity for more of that collector artist interaction. I'm so happy that we asked to dive into the skins. And <laughs> Jesus, if we would have missed that. About it too. Yeah, uh, because I feel like, first of all, as an owner, I and having had a glimpse into what you guys are have been cooking up uh, after you jumped onto the whip and gave us the update there, it's just like, wow, there's so much going on that folks probably have no idea. They don't realize, they can't see uh, until the updates actually start pouring out, uh, like something like the skins. So, oh my God, like for people listening, <laughs> please scoop some ethlings. Um, this is the future. <laughs> it's very, very, very exciting to have this innovation and opportunity and just scope for personalization uh, coming at us so, so quickly. So yeah, bagels, Red, thank you both for taking the time to jump on our show, talk with us, and yeah, just creating what you're you're cooking up over at Ethlings. Thank you. This has been so fun. Really appreciate the thoughtful questions and and the ability to to chat with your community and our community. Yeah, thank awesome. you guys. This is awesome.